I'll listen to Jer- Jericho's um, Inner Circle uh, podcast he put on Talk is Jericho. And he's basically got all the boys from Talk is Jericho, like all the guys from Inner Circle. And they're just breaking down the match. And it is the funniest podcast I think I've ever heard. I need to listen to that, dude. Yeah. I can't wait to listen to it's it. It's so flipping hilarious. I mean, Kayfabe's dead, and we know that. And he's saying, yeah, yeah, like we, me and Nick were talking before, you know, we was walking around the stadium before the show. We was thinking, how on earth are we going to do this? And the stories they was coming up with, like when Jericho gets um, super kicked into the goal net thing, yeah. he legit nearly broke his arm because he oh, didn't... Fuck. He took the bump, but the frame of the thing fell on his arm as he hit. Um, when Sammy Guevara runs up a um, the stage at the end to, to end up being um, one winged angel, one wing angeled off it, he said as he jumped up, he caught his shin, and he said he absolutely nearly cried of pain. Like it felt like a horse kicked him in the shin. Um, oh, the stories they're coming out with, like they had such a laugh doing it. I. I, you know that match for me. I know we will do a proper, proper review on the show, but that one match for me, I, I enjoyed it, and it completely wasn't pro wrestling. And I understand they're doing what they're doing because of the climate and the way things are. I mean, they still they couldn't have done that with a full audience because it was all shot in different segments. Like, oh yeah, know, definitely. They went to the bar and then they went here and then they went there. So it, it's only because of the whole WrestleMania thing and. It's working. Um, when the Undertaker done his boneyard match, Jim Cornette absolutely ripped it apart. And when you listen to his podcast, he hates AEW. I mean, the, the opening song to his podcast is it said, you know, the song is the lyrics in it are basically screw AEW. I love AEW. Don't be wrong. I, I'm I'm the biggest mark for it, but I'm not too. I like a little bit of comedy in my wrestling and I thoroughly enjoyed it. But when you step back, you think, what is wrestling starting to become? Yeah. I mean, do you think it's purely because of the situation we're in at the moment, how they've got to shoot it? Or do you think AEW is literally going to keep going down the comedy route, in your opinion? I, I think, in my opinion, it's the way at the moment, because WWE are doing the same thing as well with all their cinematic stuff, because they did recently on Backlash, because I listened to a review of it, where Patton Street Profits and the Viking Raiders had this ridiculous um, cinematic match where they use stuff from all their different, like, um, like golf and bowling and all that with bollocks. And it's like, well... And then, yeah, apparently it was on the review, they said it was one of the worst segments of the year, so or, or at least the worst cinematic match. But then again... Jim Cornette, as you said, is also hated that bomb, and he's also hated on even stuff from Raw and NXT as well. Like, if he thinks something shit, he will say it. Yeah, he, he isn't someone who focuses just on AEW. He's someone who is focuses on, on everything, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I've heard him rip right into the... What was it he ripped right into? He ripped into something on Raw that happened recently and, it, and smacked down and stuff, but, you, you know... Mm. Because even nowadays, he doesn't review AEW anymore. He only does the FTR. Did you listen to him with FTR? Yeah, I did. I, I, yeah, I thought, I thought that was really good. Do you know what would be great? If Cornette actually became their manager and just actually broke the internet. Yeah, that yeah that would massively break the internet. AEW is a very um, hardcore fan-based show, isn't it? Like, it's, Oh, yeah, definitely. It's for the marks. You know, it's a show. It's an, it's an indie show made by indie wrestlers for indie fans. You know, it really is. Yeah. If you did have Jim Cornette come out as FTR's manager or 
in the whole big buck, you know, the back, the young bucks like final match, you know, like whatever, whenever they're going to do it in front of a crowd. Imagine having Corny all of a sudden just walk out the tennis racket, like, and the crowd just going, Fuck! oh that, man. I, I, I'm not really sure how the help fans would take it if they would cheer him or boo him. I think they would love it. I think they would. If it gets heat, it won't be go away heat. It'll be proper heat, and it'll be but then a bad again, appreciation heat. Yes, but then again, it'll be one of those things that actually we need people who get proper heat. Yeah, you know, I mean, I think MJF that's what... is the only heel I know at the moment. Yeah, I love MJ. MJ. I think it's one, re- one of the reasons why I love New Japan so much is because you definitely know who the heels and who the faces are, and each of the wrestlers. I know people like Suzuki technically is on that fine line yeah but a lot though but a lot of people you know who they are well i feel like nowadays no one gets over anymore because did you hear with wwe they're now making it all streamlined where rather than having its own like director it's all going to be streamlined and it's going to be all done by um, bruce pritchard and paul Heyman isn't doing raw anymore <laughs> i know that's what i thought yeah no i did see a rumor um that he's coming up the creative team he's just going to be a manager yeah, um, yeah um, but I want Vince to step oh. down so badly. He's it's just terrible. too old. Well, it's a bit like um, what the guys said from FTR. They said, you know, Vince is like apparently FTR pitched um, creative ideas to the team, and it just wasn't getting through. And Vince, it, Vince addressed it. He said, "Yeah, there is a problem with creative." And you think a problem? The whole company, everyone on the in the world moans about the creative side of. I mean, don't be wrong, Vince Russo, you either love him or you hate him, and I've got an objective opinion that I really enjoyed the Attitude Era, which he was mostly there for. Take that as you as you can, you know? But I think it was better when you had him, Vince, and um, Gerald Briscoe talking shop and making the storylines. They had less talent to worry about, and I'm not being funny, the workers had worked territories and worked for WCW, there was they were good workers. They're not as flippy and divey as the indie stuff now. But you look at like the talent pool of roster that like us, Steve Austin, Triple H, Mankind, The Rock, like all the attitude era guys and the guys that come before them. Mm-hmm. And you guys now, I mean, like if you want to be a professional wrestler, you really had to pay your dues. And to become a professional wrestler, it's like you, you had to know people on the inside to get in and train. I can pick up the phone and call like IPW or South Road Wrestling and be like, yeah, can I come around next Saturday for some training? They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It never used to be like that. You know what I mean? Like it, yeah. Yeah, I know half, what you mean entirely. You know, half the talent now, I'm all worried about becoming celebrities and being on TV shows and films rather than being a professional wrestler. They're using it as like a springboard. You know? Yeah. And, um, I, I do think for me, it's a lot. Most of the people, it seems more to be with WWE than it does to be of like AEW New Japan. But also yeah. as well, I think one of the main things that in a sense has ruined wrestling was because there's no i know you have aw you know new japan but you don't have that sort of like real real competition like you like you used to no, as no. we said the attitude era to maybe 2001 it was always exciting it was always unique because did you see jim Cornette mention that um the vincent man of them would hate this vincent man now yes he said that didn't he and yeah. i mean the guys come back and he apparently didn't he say to the uh you know the the guys he said uh, to FTI, he said, you guys are like Arn and Tully. And that's the problem. And they didn't know how to take it. Like, is that a compliment or what? I mean, they're two of the greatest yeah. workers ever. 
is because they're great professional wrestlers, but they're not fantastic showmen, in Vince's opinion. In my opinion, I think they're great. Yeah, I do I, as I, well. I, I always like their work, more so in NXT, because I was used properly. But also, as well, it's one of those things where, with the main roster and stuff, it's so robotic. Because I remember the woman who was the ring announcer for AEW for a while, that I can't remember, remember her name. I know who you're on about. Uh, yeah. Dasha, was it? Is it Dasha? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Dasha, because I, I remember listening to her with, with, with an interview with Chris from Fleet, and I remember even her being in WWE. She was saying they're so robotic and they're so like, hello, this is, I'm here with blah, blah, blah. And, but then when you watch her on AEW and you listen to her in the interview, she's so charismatic, she's so energetic, she's so this and so that. And it's like, I just feel like in the main roster, especially, I know you've got people like Kayla Braxton and Renee Young and Charlie who are more, I guess, show more their personality in a sense. But to me, it feels like everything's just too robotic and everything's just too, I guess, streamlined isn't the right word, but it kind of seems too much like everything is so minute to the detail where i feel like with AEW and new japan especially i just feel like to me that's more off the cuff and it's more natural it's not yeah. just yeah you the know thing is, the thing is is like i totally agree i was watching um this tv yesterday and on channel five they had the raw highlights um i flicked it on i said to sam i said uh oh uh wwe on channel five i said um it's a raw review it's only an hour long it was the last half hour I flicked it on just to see what's going on. I don't watch Raw or SmackDown. I watch their, I watch the NXT pay-per-views and whatever. Um, oh, I hate the scripted stuff. And someone like Rey Mysterio and someone like Seth Rollins, you could say to them, okay, you two, you're going to do a promo. Uh, you moan about your eye. Seth, you say, hey, you're going to have no no mercy and you're going to you're gonna just keep going for that eye. Okay, you, you're on in five. Walk off. That's all you need to do. Yeah. Not to say, this is line, 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 you know, like you said, it just feels so scripted. And even I didn't know that about the like the um the interviewers. I didn't know they were scripted as well. That's crazy. Yeah, uh, they're scripted and they're told to act in the same way all the time. They're told to act in this in this robotic way, and it's like no, they should be showing as much personality as the rest of us do. Because look at Mean Gene, he was so good at his job. He <laughs> made everyone look better because he had that ability to hide their weaknesses like if you even realize oh this person isn't doing well at the promo i'm gonna help them yeah by saying certain things to help them become better at their promos yeah mean oh my god gene <laughs> yeah. yeah oh you know something mean gene you know yeah <laughs> yeah show you something mean gene i mean people like mean gene oakland people like yeah like they were great at what they've done like they're the best and they're like the people yeah. that you kind of we we are very fortunate to be brought up with that um, was it Charlie LaRusso or someone who's on WWE now? The Charlie LaRusso, you know, bless yeah. us. She's probably, she's probably really, really, really good, like really good. And she's yeah, because she presents for yeah. ESPN as well. Exactly, and I bet she's nothing like that on the yeah. ESPN. She's like, oh my god, I'm with the Steelers, and uh, this is uh, Tom Brady. He's really good at throwing a pigskin. Yeah, you know, I'm having fun <laughs> with it. <laughs> Welcome to Raw. With me now, I have Drew McIntyre. Drew, are oh, they a little lassie? You know what I mean? It's yes, it's so robotic. It's it's embarrassing. But at least with AEW, when they go backstage, it's, it's I mean, being the elite, I mean, everything is just so much fun. Yeah, definitely, man. Definitely. That's, that's why I love New Japan with the more sports feel having the press conferences and some of the best stuff like uh, Zack Sabre Judah comes out. I, I love listening to him just to hear the British and the British TV like. 
bits he's like oh my god he did the Malcolm Tucker line or oh my god he did the bottom line oh my god he did this line I was like I, I just I just love that Tekka's my to me it's just awesome yeah and the best thing about Zach is he never changes he just walks he goes you know what boys I've, I've got Tekka's mate loads of it yeah and uh see you Dominion yeah I'm gonna smash you up I'm gonna smash you up mate Tekka's mate and the American audience the Japanese audience and Tekka's why does he keep calling him his mate for they're meant to you know what I mean? But the British people are like, yeah, come on. Yeah. I mean, Wrestle, uh, Wrestle Rum, uh, Ramble or Wrestle Talk, they said it perfectly, right? Zack Sabre Jr., when he comes to the ring, is like watching a football match, like a soccer match, with the crowd going absolutely mental with all the music. So this music's all sort of like this weird, dancey, drum and bass stuff. Yeah. He, all... wrestle, he wrestles like a cricket match. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So to the ring, he gets to the ring it's all slowed down I, I love him i think he's brilliant like i do as well man i'm so glad that he's wrestling again because he's one of my favorites i think he's so good uh, at that technical side because did you listen to daniel bryan appear uh, or Daniel danielson appear on uh backstage and they were talking with him and cm punk renee young and renee said to him who do you want to wrestle outside wwe and the two names he brought up were will osprey and zach zipper jr they said that on backstage yeah, because they wrestled, he wrestled Zach Sabre Jr. before General Bryan, but this was ages ago and he wants to wrestle them again because he said to them, like, when I wrestled him, I'm like, I thought I was good at that chain wrestling stuff. And this was where back in, like, 2009, and he said he was amazing. And then looking now, yeah. It's but, good, though, isn't it? It's good that they're allowing people to talk about wrestlers outside. Because uh, Punk has a massive amount of respect for Will Ospreay. I I hope and I pray, depending what happens with COVID nineteen, that we get Punk at Wrestle Kingdom oh. against Will Ospreay. I think that match would be amazing, but also at the same time, I don't know. But then I again, think I think I think. I, but then again, I think if Punk would ever come back and wrestle, I think he would want to put on the best match ever because he would have all that um, expectation. But also, he wrestle against Will Ospreay, I think it would be great. Yeah. But didn't he put a tweet out? Who said they're returning back to WWE because they want the best competition in the world? And then CM Punk commented and said, well, Will Ospreay's in New Japan. I'm trying to think who that was who was coming back to the WWE. It might have been McIntyre. There was a wrestler that came back. It was last year. I'm looking at, or was it Johnny Nitro? It was someone. And I remember CM Punk hadn't spoke for a while on Twitter. But he just replied back and said, well, we're the, you know, we want, you know, the guy, the, the the term was, I want to wrestle the best in the world. That's why I'm going back to WWE. CM Punk, I think it was before the Fox deal, replied back and said, "Yeah, with Ospreys at New Japan." You know what I mean? Like he loves. Wrestling. Yeah. I just think if they had a match, I think the ring rust on Punk, and no disrespect, with Osprey would have to carry him, and I think with Osprey would have to change his game a lot. He'd have to slow it right down because there's no way. I mean, you get some a lot with Osprey versus. Pentagon or Ray Phoenix or Sonada or Kyrgios, you know, loads. It would work. But I think with Punk, you've really got to slow it down to this American style. But also, Punk's been out of the ring for God knows how long now. Yeah, over six years he's been out of the ring now. But I think Punk would probably do a lot of training and stuff for it. But I don't know. It'd be interesting to see what happens, though. But definitely, man. I really hope Will Ospreay becomes the first... I guess European English British British um wrestler to win the IWGP World Championship. Is I think he, he would do. Heavyweight? Yeah, he's wrestling the heavyweight now, yeah. Since yeah. he won the Rev Pro Championship, that's him now transcending to the heavyweight champ uh, division now. Yeah. Him and Sonard have now moved up. 
perfect. Sonada, I mean, he's built like a heavyweight anyway. Yeah. So is Osprey. I mean, we're Osprey now. Is like, have you seen his stuff on Instagram? I follow him on Instagram, and he's been getting yeah. so much bigger now. You know, but I think when he does go back, that um, I think he will hopefully one day become. But then again, same as Zack Sabre Jr. I think Gado is high on both of them. I think one day both of them will hopefully become the world champion or headweight world champion. I think Zack, because of his look. God, this sounds awful. I sound like Vince McMahon. Zack Sabre Jr., when I met him, he looked at me and he said, uh, you wear that T-shirt better than I do. So I was wearing a suplex T-shirt, a bit like your hat. Yeah. Because um, obviously I do a bit of bodybuilding. And he said, cool. He said, uh, thanks for supporting wearing the shirt. Mate, you look better than I do in that. He doesn't look like a heavyweight wrestler, does he? He looks like a junior. Yeah. You know? um, maybe he could win the Intercontinental, but the world's, you know, heavyweight GP title. Yeah, maybe. Just, I, think you'd have to, I think you'd have to get a bit of size on him. Oh, that sounds so disrespectful, but I don't mean nothing by it. But I'd like to see it. Yeah. But also as well, I, I think one of the things that I like about Zack Sabre Jr. is the fact that he's unique in this, in his look, but also his style. Yeah. He's not, that's why, that's one of the reasons why I, I like those kind of wrestlers, because to me, wrestling should be something that's unique. And everyone shouldn't just be cookie-cut, everyone should be different to each other, because otherwise it gets boring when you're watching the same match all the time. Yeah. Which is why I love WF in the year 2000, where we had the radicals came over we had chris jericho we had these people where you had so many different and unique characters that everyone stood out nowadays i kind of feel like especially on raw and to a certain degree smackdown there isn't anyone really that is that unique anymore like they used to be yeah and and again could you could you blame this on wwe from the pc you know they're letting they're they're kind of like just making these wrestlers that are all very very samey where back in the day, like you said, the radicals came into the company. They didn't train them. That was their style. No. You know, yeah. WCW Cruiserweight slash Japanese style. Because that's the way they've been wrestling for years. And they let mm. them do it in WWE. You know, if Will Ospreay came into the WWE, would he be allowed to wrestle the same way that he does now for New Japan? Probably not as much as he did. In, in NXT, he probably would. But as soon as he goes to the main roster, I know. Because look at, look at someone like Ricochet. In oh. NXT, he was able to wrestle 90% of the style he wrestled in the Indies and in New Japan. But as soon as he went to the main roster, that got literally cut. And then he lost a lot of what... But then, again, it's like Ricochet is one of those people who, unless you give him something to bullet points to them to do, do something that is off the cuff, he isn't someone that should be talking. He doesn't have that charisma. His charisma is what he does in the ring. His charisma is his high-flyingness to... You know, that's what everyone loved about him was the way he wrestled. But he's someone I think should have a mouthpiece, a mouthpiece for him. Yeah. Give him a mouthpiece, or if he can, turn him a heel, put him with Bobby Lashley and um, MVP, and I think that'd be a great faction. Yeah. Him and Cedric Alexander, they're not doing anything. Put the put the four of them together, be a great have MVP talk for them, mm-hmm. and then yeah, it'd be really good. Yeah, it could be great. I mean, the thing is, like when you say Ricochet. I would think of PWG Ricochet. And yeah. then you compare to what he's doing now on Raw, and Vince McMahon is like, no, no, that's too dangerous, slow down. It just, I mean, that's his style. I mean, he's good at it. He's done it for, I mean, he was born in 1987, so he's as old as what I am, Ricochet, and he's been wrestling since he was about 14. He's always wrestled that style. I mean, you've seen some of the matches him and Osprey have, and they're fantastic. 
Yeah, definitely, man. Little bit choreographed, but I mean, they're, they're an absolute pleasure to watch. And then you put them in WWE, like you said, I'm just basically echoing what you said. NXT, they let him do it. Go to the main roster, and I feel personally a lot of people's careers go downhill as soon as they hit the main roster. Yeah, it's because you're... It's really weird, isn't it? Because listening to the um, interview with FTR, they were mentioned what, about Triple H. But then I'm guessing it's one of those things of... I guess he just feels like sometimes that he can't just keep on fighting all the time because obviously it's a man of one with Vince. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If Vince doesn't like you, then you're not... Even though you might be the biggest... Because even though, yes, I think Adam Cole would be really good on the main roster, uh, roster at the same time, I'm worried for him. At the same time, I'm like, is Vince going to like him now? Mm. The best time, <laughs> the, remember the best ever episode of SmackDown is when Vince couldn't make it and Triple H was in charge for a week. Yes. Oh, that was a night when the um, NXT guys came over. Yeah. Oh, that was such a good show. That was like the best show ever, wasn't it? Like Meltzer was going, what a great show. Yes. Like, oh. <laughs> Yeah, Adam Cole versus Daniel Bryan, remember? Yeah, Daniel- oh, that was such a great show. And also had the amazing women's match as well when um, Rhea, Rhea Ripley came in. Or, no, Rhea Ripley wrestled Sasha. I was like, oh, this is so good. Oh, guess what they did? Sasha Banks and Bay defended their championship. So Sasha finally has a uh, mm-hmm. defence finally after four or five years of never uh-huh. having a defence. Literally and losing I- every time when she ever has a championship. So, oh. oh, yeah, no. What's their kind of uh, figures now? Uh, Raw's about 1.7 million and SmackDown's over 2 million because obviously it's being on Fox. God, do you remember the days when like, we used to watch it? It was like putting in like seven eights. Yeah, I remember there was one show that brought in nines. I think I think the night when Steve Austin won the championship against The Undertaker after King of the Ring, I think that brought in like over a nine. And I know the Owen Hart, Hart episode, Roy's Owen, that also brought in nearly a nine as well. And then you had WCW bringing in the eights and nines as well. There was more fans back then, weren't there? Yeah. But I do think the turning Steve Austin Hill was, in my opinion, why I know him as a character was great and everything that he did was great and et cetera. But I think him turning Hill was one of their biggest uh, thing, yeah. losses ever. Yeah. Was that again, was that on the Jim Cornette experience? I spoke about that as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. See, I've never heard it from like um, that perspective. So, listeners, definitely give that a listen. Because um, um, Jim Ross mentioned it as well. Because they on the latest Grilling Jr. Oh, it was Jr. Not, yeah. Uh, not this week, but the week before, they mentioned um, about him leaving, about the yeah. whole him leaving yeah. in 2002. And even Jr. said to Steve Austin, "You shouldn't be doing this. This is really ridiculous. It's just stupid." And Steve Austin was like, "I want to do this." And then obviously Vince at the time was like, "I want to do this for him," but. I'm like, no, it, yeah. it's going to, A, you, you're going to be losing The Rock, uh, and B, it's going to lose you so many, because even, even he says nowadays, Steve Austin, that he regrets doing that, and if he could, he would have stunned Vince. He should have done that. Yeah. yeah. He said, I should have gone with my gut feeling and dropped him with a stunner after that Mania match. Because they, they easily could have done done it on the cuff, and been yeah. like, really sorry, Vince, like, Vince, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to stun you, and then, yeah. Because yeah. Cause the amount of money that they lost because of it because so many people were like nah fuck this now and they turned off they turned it off because mm. i think it was AEW podcast or osw review podcast they were talking no it would have been ae podcast because kevin used to watch it when he was younger back at his boarding school and he said he was watching it with some lads that he went to school with and as soon as steve austin turned he'll with vince they were like nah f this and turned it all off 
mad, isn't it? Yeah. It all because crazy. of one super all because of one decision. Yeah. One that that was on Steve though, wasn't it? That was on Austin. Yeah, he 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 wanted to turn heel because he felt stagnated as a as a face and didn't feel like he could do anymore. Which I could which I can see in a sense, but people loved him that much that they that they could think of stuff to do. Yeah, I mean he, they could he, the thing about Steve is if he wasn't on last, he wouldn't want to be on the show. You know, and I think he had quite a lot of he had a hell of a lot of weight. But he didn't want, you know, it was the whole Brock Lesnar thing and, you know, squashing him. and The whole Scott Hall thing as well. Scott Hall Losing, thing. Yeah. 18. Yeah, yeah. I wonder how different 18 would have been if Hogan wasn't so cheered as much as he was. Because I'm guessing Vince must have been like, at the time, we're have, we have going to have to change it now. Because it, did you know, uh, kind of changing the subject, but also not changing the subject. You know when Triple H came back in 2002? Yeah. Apparently they had two plot scenarios. So you know when he came out and he was cheered as a a proper face. That's why Angle came out. But if it was the other way around and he was booed as a heel, The Rock would have come out. Oh really? So they had two different yeah because oh. they, they 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 didn't know how he was going to come back as or if he was going to be cheered or booed. Ah, oh, well everyone, this is what I mean. Smart fans have got such big respect, regardless of their heel or face, they're going to cheer. Yeah, but also as well, it's amazing how nowadays. Vince would have been like, nah, he's been cheered, I don't care, rock out. But then it's like, actually, he does a pansy V, he's going to be cheered, is he going to, he just, I just think it's the whole mentality of Vince as well, has completely changed too, as we said before, yeah. like, the fact that he fought in back in 2002, of those two different scenarios, potentially what's going to happen, it's like, you wouldn't hear that now, you wouldn't, I mean, see that nowadays, really. Uh, you'd have had your script, it would have been changed five times and ten minutes before TV time. Yeah. No. Uh, mate, if there's so many what ifs in pro wrestling, so many what ifs. I mean, I'd have loved Austin to drop stun on Vince that night, but at the same time, when I saw him team up with um, Vince, I did think to myself, I didn't, I didn't, I will never turn wrestling off. I'll watch it even if I hate it, mm-hmm. um, because I've been a fan for that long. It's part of me now. I watched that and I thought to myself, okay, where are they going with this? I was I was a little bit cheesed off, but I thought Austin as a hill in the Alliance was pretty cool because they made him a little bit comedy as well. Oh yes, I loved him as a hill. You know, it was, was funny. funny. It was so fucking funny. Like, I think him and Kurt Angle were amazing together. Their, their chemistry was just so good. But yeah. also as well, you could you could tell that even though in a sense it's scripted, you can tell it isn't because of how good they are and how sore like I believe they are as well. Yeah. That's just, that's just two professionals, isn't it? Yes. One of, one of my favourite bits of that whole Steve Austin Hill wrong is, you know, when he's um, playing the guitar, he goes to Vince. It's like, Vince, Vince, I want to play you a song. It's by a British band, you know, that British band Queen. And it's like, I am the champion. And also when you've got Kyle going, Jimmy Crack on, and I don't care. And you see him go, Crack. So funny. I love it. Yeah. Kurt doing songs is brilliant. It's like when he does <laughs> isn't it? So good. 